0: Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. And I bid you welcome to Hollywood and Levine, I'm Ken Levine, your podcast host. And this week, I want to tell uh, another story about my Erzatz career. And this stems from a couple of days ago, I was having lunch with another writer friend. And I told this story and I thought to myself, you know, this would probably be a good episode of the podcast. So that's what I'm going to talk about this week. We go back to 1981 and my partner, David Isaacs, and I have a development deal at a studio. The studio is Lorimar. Now, a development deal means that David and I were exclusive to that particular studio. So we would create pilots and hopefully get a series on the air. And we could not write for taxi or any shows that was at Paramount or Warner Brothers, we were stuck at, uh, at Lorimar. Now, if we were stuck at Paramount, we could do shows for a number of sitcoms that they were doing on the lot. But Lorimar, as a studio, primarily, in fact exclusively at that time, was doing dramas. They had the nighttime soap opera genre pretty much to themselves. They had Knott's Landing. They had Dallas. And they were looking to get into comedy, so they hired uh, me and David and a couple of other comedy writer-producers to try to launch their sitcom slate. So we're there, and we did a pilot for ABC about the White House Press Corps. And this was actually 1980 that we did this pilot. And it was a ridiculous experience. We did it for ABC. And ABC said, okay, we love the area, but we don't want to get political. Now, how do you do a series about the White House and not have it political? They didn't want us to even show a president. I was going to use a picture of my dad as the president of the United States. He looked very presidential. We couldn't even give him a name, much less a political party. So you're kind of handcuffed (laughs) in that regard. Plus, we thought, well, this is an interesting area because you have all of these reporters, the White House Press Corps, that are colleagues— And working together, yet they're all in competition with each other. And we thought there'd be all kinds of intrigue and they would have leads and they would be out in the Rose Garden talking to the gardener and getting all kinds of information and trying to scoop each other. We thought "Eh, it's really kind of an interesting area. And uh, we were able to get a temporary press pass to join the White House press corps. And this was, again, in the fall of 1980 during the presidential campaign, Jimmy Carter against Ronald Reagan. We even went on a a campaign tour with with Jimmy Carter. Well, what we learned was this, because we like to do a lot of research. We basically started that on MASH. The press corps is lumped together and they can't just go down the halls. They can't just hang out in the Rose Garden. When there is a photo opportunity, as a herd, they all move in that direction. So all of the the fun stuff that we had planned, we couldn't do. Like, what are we writing this pilot for? Well, we wrote it the best we could... And ABC passed on it. They were still afraid of the content. Why they bought it, I don't know. So now you flash forward to 1981. And HBO is in its infancy. And Michael Fuchs, who was running HBO at the time, had heard about our pilot. So he was interested. So David and I fly to New York. And we meet with Michael Fuchs. And Michael Fuchs said, Okay, I want you to redo it, but I want it to be really edgy, really political. All of the things that ABC did not want us to do, they wanted us to do at HBO. And he said, If this is a pilot, you turn in a script, that could be done on one of the major networks, we don't want it. We really want something very out-of-the-box, very satirical, very edgy. And we thought, great, okay, handcuffs are off, we'll have a good time with this. Meanwhile, at Lorimar, they decided to put together a publicity campaign and publicized the fact that they had hired a number of producers who were now under their tent. And so David and I, one day, I remember we had to go to a photographer's studio to take photos, and they put together this campaign called Lorimar is People, and it was a full-page ad in the trades, in Variety and Hollywood Reporter, where there was this really nice picture of the producer or producing team, and it would say, Lorimar is people, Ken Levine and David Isaacs. So they took our photo, and we were told at some point they would feature us in this campaign. And the campaign started, and there were other producers who uh, were on the back page of Variety. You know, big fucking deal. Uh, anyway, we write this script, the HBO version. And we turn it in. We get called into Lee Rich's office. Now, Lee Rich, who was the president of Lorimar... And came from an advertising background. He was old school. And by old school, I mean he was like one of those mogul guys. Very brash, could be extremely charming, terrific salesman. Well, he calls us into his office, which was rare. Uh, I think the only other time that we were in his office was when we basically met to discuss the job. Otherwise, there's always vice presidents and people like that that we deal with. And so he was just kind of, you know, the grand, powerful Oz behind the curtain. So we go to Lee Rich's office, not knowing what to expect. And Lee rips us a new asshole. He hated the script. That's a kind word. I don't think he hated anything ever in his life. Maybe the Nazis. But other than that, I can't think of anything else in his life that he hated, that he loathed, that he despised, more than our draft. And we kept telling him uh, this is what they want. This is what they asked for. And he said, we're not going to send this out. I'm not putting our name on this piece of shit. Yeah, I mean, we've had you know, people not like our scripts before. I mean, it happens, but nothing like that. I mean, we were taken to the woodshed. So 45, and yelling at us. I mean, literally yelling at us. You know, like, what the fuck were you guys thinking doing this? God damn it, I'm paying you this money, and this is the shit that you turn out. He really, really let us have it. You know, so we stagger back to our office, and we get a call from our agent about five minutes later. And our agent said what happened in that meeting? And I said, how'd you know about that meeting? Why? And he said, I just got a call from Lorimar Business Affairs and they want to settle and end your deal. i are like, wow, okay, well, I explained what happened. And I said, we gave HBO exactly what They asked for. A little different than what Lee Rich is used to, but that's what HBO asked for. And she said, okay, because we had about five months left on our deal. So she calls back Business Affairs and said, okay, the guys do not want to settle. The guys will show up every day in their office at 10 o'clock in the morning for the next five months, and if you don't want to use them, you don't want to give them any assignments, you don't want to send them out on any pilots, that's up to you, but they will be there every day for the next five months, making good on the deal. You're going to have to pay them. So then Business Affairs calls her back and says, no, no, this is a huge misunderstanding. We thought they were unhappy. We thought we were doing this for them. Yeah, right. So now it's that night and we have a party to go to because we had just moved into a new building on the MGM lot and so there was like a big welcoming cocktail party at the Lee Rich suite of offices. And of course, it's the last place we wanted to go at 6 o'clock at night after that horrendous day. And this is such a Hollywood story, of course. So we walk over there and we see Lee Rich and Lee is like, boys, boys, how are you? Let me make you a drink. Yeah, we love you guys. like, What happened at 11 o'clock this morning when you beat the living crap out of us? So uh, that was that assignment. They sent it off to other writers, and it really didn't go anywhere. And as punishment, boy, you know, this put us in our place. Our ad was supposed to run like two days later. Our Lorimar is people, Ken Levine and David Isaac's ad is supposed to run. And they were pulling it. Oh, oh, there's just a dagger to the heart. Our our ad was not going to go in the Hollywood Reporter. Now, we, through a lot of therapy, we managed to uh, overcome that. More in a moment, but first a word from our sponsor, as they say, as today's episode is brought to you by Honey. And this is for anyone who happens to shop online, which, let's face it, is pretty much everyone. Well, Honey is a free browser extension that scours the internet for promo codes and it applies the best ones it finds to your cart. It is uh, supported by over 30,000 stores online and And they range from sites uh, where you can buy tech and gaming products, uh, fashion brands, just about anything, really. And you save money, and it is free. How does it work? Well... You're shopping online and you get to the checkout uh, page and then the honey button just drops down and all you have to do is click on apply coupons. Wait a couple of seconds, it scours the net, it finds the appropriate uh, coupons for you and all of a sudden you see your total just go down and down and down. It really works. I saved $22 this week alone on baby clothes for my new granddaughter Charlotte. It's it's fantastic. It has saved over 17 million members $2 billion. And it's free. I mean, why would you not do this? So if you don't already have honey, you could be straight up missing out on free savings. Literally free, installs in just a few seconds. Even I was able to do it. And by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid, and more importantly, you'll be supporting this humble podcast. So get Honey for free at joinhoney.com Levine. Once again, that's joinhoney.com Levine. Oh, did I mention? It's free. About a month or so later, we get approached to do Cheers. And we meet with the Charles Brothers and Jim Burroughs, and we decide this is something we want to do. And so long story short, although this is not so short already, um, we make a deal with Cheers contingent on the fact that Lorimar has to let us out of the deal. Now, this could have been very touch-and-go, because Lorimar could have easily said, well, um, you know, they uh, stuck it to us by saying they weren't going to leave. We're going to stick it to them, and uh, no, we're not going to let them out of the deal. We will just continue to, uh, to pay them and let them sit in the penalty box for three months and goodbye your big chance on cheers. They could have done that. But one must always remember we are talking about Hollywood. What is the thing that rules Hollywood? Money. Money. Of course. So when our agent called Lorimar and said, the guys would like to just end the deal and walk away. And Lorimar said, well, w- wait a minute here. Does that mean we don't have to pay them anymore for the next three months? And our agent said, yeah. And they said, they're gone. You know, have fun. Get out. And so they released us, and we went over to Cheers. And I can't tell you how happy we were to be rid of Lorimar. I mean, here's the kind of thing that would happen in in Lorimar. We would get these insane notes from underlings, on these pilots. And there was one pilot in particular, I remember it was about a family. And I think I've talked about this pilot in previous podcasts, but it was like about a, a big family. And there was a scene where they go to like a Shakey's pizza and they get in a big fight and it winds up a giant food fight and Right at that point, remember how those restaurants used to have, you know, guys with banjos come over to the table and start singing turkey in the straw? So that's the big joke is the guy with the banjo starts singing in the middle of this fight. And, of course, they all pelt him with food, etc. So this was the big Lorimar note. Uh, did they eat the pizza? Like, What? Well, they they ordered a pizza, right? Yeah. Well, did they eat the pizza? I mean, they paid for it. Did they eat the pizza? He said, "Well, the scene's over." It's like, who cares? The scene's over with with the food fight. We made our point. Yeah, but they ordered a pizza. So did they did they eat the pizza? And we huddled and we said, "All right, we've given this a lot of thought. Yes, they ate the pizza." Okay, fine. Now now my next note. And this was the kind of stuff we got. Also one time, there were like 3 of these people in the in the room. And they questioned a joke. I don't know if I like this joke. We go, well, we do. We wrote it. We like the joke. If we get it on its feet and we hear an actor do it and it doesn't work, we're the first people to throw it out. But in the meantime, we like this joke. And they go, okay, well... Uh, I don't know if the others like the joke. Um, why don't we? Why don't we vote on it? And I said, "Whoa, stop! No, you don't vote on jokes." Again, these people were used to dramas, used to dramas, and they also had a game show division. Um, I should mention that. Again, a number of comedy writers were hired. During that period, we had a number of pilots. Nothing got on the air. Not a single sitcom pilot from that era got on the air. I think they eventually did get a pilot on the air, ordered, and it was uh, a show that starred Joe Namath, which was absolutely terrible. And I'm not certain, but I do believe that that was a Lorimar show. Anyway, enough about Lorimar. So now we drive onto the Paramount lot. We go into Glenn Charles' office. We're there the first day. We sit down. We're going to start work. And the trade papers come, and we open up the trades, and there, full-page ad on the back page of Variety and the Hollywood Reporter, you guessed it, Lorimar is People, Ken Levine and David Isaacs. So, our ad finally ran, and it was a great way to begin, uh a 9 year relationship with cheers and no one else has ever yelled at us like that over scripts act no one has ever yelled at us like that so that was the the story that i told and um hopefully it is one that that you find interesting yeah this is kind of a shorter version of the the podcast, but of course along the way we've also had some longer ones. It all evens out. Uh, Closing in on 300 episodes. That will be coming up here pretty quick. Anyway, so that will do it for this week on Hollywood and Levine. Our thanks as always to uh, (laughs) Adam and Susie Meister-Butler, also to Lee Rich, all of the executives at Lorimar the executives at Paramount that got us out of there and Howard Hoffman and John Wolford and Bruce and Jason Miller. If you would like to get in touch with me for any reason, my email address is Hollywoodlevine at Outlook.com. That's Hollywoodlevine at Outlook dot com. I am also on Twitter at Ken Levine, and I am on Instagram, Hollywood and Levine where I showcase uh, my cartoons as I'm doing cartoons for the New Yorker magazine these days. Okay, that will do it. Thanks for listening. See you again next week right here on Hollywood and the Vine.